Free agency rolls on, flurry of moves. We'll run down everything we know up to this point. And DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a warrior? What happened there? We'll break it all down for you. You're the guy to do that. And maybe things aren't going so well in Minnesota. It's all coming up right now on the Locked On NBA Podcast. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Busy day. The league is reshaping itself. We will get to all of that. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am John Corrales, co-host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John and find my stuff that I write every once in a while on Boston.com and RedsArmy.com. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and we have had quite a day over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake and check me out over at LockedOnPelicans.com. You are in high demand, my friend, but let's start before we get to Boogie, before we get to the other stuff. Let's get everybody kind of caught up on the latest that we know so far. It's so funny because these podcasts can get outdated really fast. So as we know it, the, uh, the Suns, and Devin Booker, unsurprisingly, are moving towards a five-year max contract that appears to be moving forward. Uh, seems to make sense for the, the Suns. Yeah, you know, look, this is something they got to do. That's their kind of franchise cornerstone as of right now. I don't know if he'll stay that way long term. And certainly it feels like he's probably not worth that much. But you're not a good team in kind of a small market. What else are you supposed to do other than give him all the money that you can? Right. That's you you got to build and you got to hope that it works out. Uh, Dwight Howard is getting close to a buyout from the Nets officially and then going to the Washington Wizards, apparently with Jeff Green. And they've already traded for Austin Rivers. That's pretty hilarious to me. That that's actually the best way to describe it. I, I think this is how bad the finances are for the Wizards that their fans, and I'm sorry if you're one of them, you guys are going to be talking yourselves into Austin Rivers and Dwight Howard and Jeff Green as being difference makers and needle movers. And look, Howard's good. Let's not lie. He had a pretty good year last year, but we know the locker room issues with this. Teams just want to move on from him. That kind of says a lot here. But uh, just you kind of look at this and like that's kind of the state they're in and it's gotten to that point and that's just not where you want to be. I almost look at this in a similar way to Cleveland making their trade deadline deals where at the same time it it does help them. They they do need a center. They do need these guys and their bench has been kind of not great so they they need players like this, but at the at the same time Getting these particular guys, it does not bode well for you. So uh, wi- the Wizards are trying. They're very expensive, and this doesn't you really at least move the needle. Give them credit for that, though. Like, it's better than just kind of staying where they are. I get it. You know, it's it's kind of like moving deck chairs idea here. But at least you're moving chairs, and it's not just the same chairs. Right. They, they're doing something, and they, they're really out of options. So this is the best they, that they can do. And, look, you do the best you can do, and – Hopefully you can take advantage of something that maybe goes wrong for another team. I look at this, Wilson Chandler to the 76ers. The Nuggets trade Wilson Chandler, opportunity to swap second-round picks to the Sixers. Sixers basically absorb him into their cap space. Sixers came into this offseason with a max contract slot, but they never got that meeting with LeBron. There was the report of the meeting with LeBron's representatives but LeBron to LA by all accounts now is was a foregone conclusion 
Paul George didn't leave Oklahoma City. That, I think, made the most sense to me. And he just never gave other teams an option. So Philly was kind of stuck, I think, re-upping J.J. Redick, getting Wilson Chandler for – I know what fans in Philly expected, uh, but neither of those two guys were realistic. Wilson Chandler, J.J. Redick, those are guys that they could use. J.J. Redick was very important for them last year. Wilson Chandler fills a need. They get an opportunity to improve an asset with that pick swap. It's not great, but it's something. So making something out of nothing, that's good moves, I think, for Philly. Yeah, you gotta like this one actually. You know, you would, you'd think they could get a better asset for using their cap space, um, than just swapping second round picks. But what they also want to do is improve their team a little bit too. And Wilson Chandler just gives you some wing depth. So we're kind of renting it out for one year really here. Doesn't, uh, really hurt you whatsoever. It's just kind of a smart move for both teams really. The Nuggets need to trim their payroll right now. It's astronomical and it sounds like maybe they'll pay it, but if you can knock it down a little bit, you certainly try and do so. Yep. Makes total sense. Uh, Tyreek Evans going to the Pacers one year, $12 million contract. Look, you move off of Lance Stevenson, you get Tyreek Evans for one year. You paid a lot for him, but for one year, it's it's something. Again, a teams at this point with all the big names gone, they're doing something. The one year seems to be the thing. I think this is the twenty fourth or twenty fifth one year contract signed uh, this off season by players, and I think Jake, this sets up an interesting, a super interesting off season next year. A lot of teams are going to have more cap space. Next year, we're seeing restricted guys this year really priced out of the market. We haven't heard anything about Jabari Parker. I know from a Boston perspective, nothing's been said about Marcus Smart. The restricted guys, their money is gone. I don't think Atlanta or Chicago are going to use their cap space on any restricted guys because they could play a a better game of what Philly did, take a salary dump, get an asset. You're not looking to improve your team. You're looking to develop your team and acquire assets. So I think Chicago and Atlanta are just going to sit back and wait to be a third team. All is to say, restricted guys this year are getting screwed, and the one-year contracts that are all being signed this season is going to flood the market next year. There are going to be a ton of free agents available next year. Yeah, and we'll talk about this in a minute, why that might actually bode poorly for New Orleans um, after the day they had yesterday. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. As for Tyreek Evans, I kind of love this signing. I won't lie. Um, this is due to average 19.4 points per game last season for the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, good stats on a bad team and a team that just had no one else. But you kind of watch his game and it's like maybe he's going to fit it next to Oladipo a little bit. They're going to get it kind of a little bit more of a scoring punch there and they were already pretty good. They're well coached. You just kind of have to like kind of all of that. He also shot almost 40% if you're rounding up from three point range last year. He's kind of like reinvented himself a little bit and I think that's a great deal. But like you said, one year contracts are all the rage and we saw just the market dry up for a lot of people. I mean, heck, Rondo is not worth nine millions and that's coming from a New Orleans guy here. So Next offseason's just shaping up to be absolutely bonkers. Absolutely. And look, the Lakers signed a bunch of these one-year contract guys. Everybody's talking about LeBron and all that stuff. We don't need to talk about LeBron. But I'm very interested in what the Lakers are doing. I think this year's – if you think the Wizards are going to be hilarious, I think this year's Lakers team is going to be super hilarious. But to the Lakers' credit, they've got all these one-year deals. They'll They'll have a ton of cap space next year. They're putting a lot of pressure on the Spurs – to make a deal now. They they are quickly losing their leverage, the Spurs are, 
and the uh, Lakers have done well to position themselves to get a big name next year without having to give up any of their assets. And like I said, that's just going to make next year's free agency wild. So, uh, and the last, the last little signing, Michael Carter Williams to the Rockets, rounding out our triumvirate of funny signings. That's gonna, what's he going to do with the Rockets? But whatever. That's basically the wrap up of the, uh, signings or agreements the signings can't be made official for another few days so if any of these signings interest you if you want to know how uh oh i didn't mention dante exum uh, sent uh, resign oh that's an important one yeah i'm sorry i apologize before we get into that dante exum going back on a three-year uh Three-year, thirty-three million dollar deal, I believe it is. That that is uh, pretty good, eleven million dollars a year. They they believe if he's healthy, he's going to live up to that and more. Yeah, th- this is heavily based off of his potential. We all know the injury history and different things like that. And when you kind of look at it for a guy who averaged eight point one points per game and three point one assists, you're like, wait a second, huh? Except he was re- really good when he was fully healthy and kind of in there. And this this echoes something we've seen a lot here, and that's a lot of players, particularly restricted guys and others, um, staying with their own team. And maybe it's an overpay to keep your own guy, but you don't want to risk them getting out on the market because, frankly. Most teams, even though Utah had some, don't have a lot of cap space, so it's kind of on you to overpay your own guys a little bit to bring them back. Otherwise, you don't really have the option to kind of replace the production they gave you. So this kind of fits in line with what we've seen this offseason so far. Yeah, and look, the the Jazz are trying to do something. They they are a good team. They are potentially a top four or five team out west, uh, depending on how things shake out. But to to have Exum there is uh, I think, look, there are a lot of people who believe a lot more in Exum. If he's healthy, he's good, he's versatile, he can do a lot. So I think it's a nice a nice signing. So, as I was saying before, if you want to know a lot more about Dante Exum, you got to go to uh, the Locked On Jazz podcast, uh, which is run by our uh, boss, David Locke. If you want to know more about the Dwight Howard signing, uh, go to the Locked On Wizards or Locked On Suns for Booker. My point is there is a Locked On podcast for every single NBA team. Follow me, Locked On Celtics, if you want to see what the Marcus Smart situation is going to be like, however that pans out. You want to follow Jake at Locked On Pelicans. He's got a few thoughts on Boogie, uh, so check that out. That was a great podcast yesterday, by the way. And so I would recommend a Locked On Team podcast for everybody because each one of these signings is really impactful for each one of these teams. And each one of these podcasts is a local expert that can go really in-depth to explain things that we have touched on briefly here. They've got all the knowledge, and they'll let you know how everything works out. Now, Boogie. I mean, (laughs) oh, man. So everybody lost their damn minds yesterday. And you get that initial shock, Jake, of you hear DeMarcus Cousins and everybody knows what he what he has been before the the torn Achilles and Warriors and at a discount at five point three million. And immediately and I had the same reaction like, no. No way. No way. But we've had a couple of days here to digest this whole thing. Now, it may not be as, you know, 
impactful as we initially thought because he still has to come back from the Achilles. He still has to come back and play. We don't know if he's going to fit in that locker room for 82 games. We we don't know. Obviously, he's an upgrade if he's healthy over JaVale McGee. Obviously, he can be super important to a team that didn't need any help. But he also might not pan out. Oh, yeah. Look, there, there's definite question marks for the Warriors in terms of on-court play. You know, if he doesn't come back and look, even as the Pelicans guy, it's still uncertain when he is. He claims he's going to be back and ready for training camp. Then I've heard anywhere from December to February is just when he'll be coming back. So who knows? And then you've got to get into game shape. You've got to mesh with that team. It takes a lot of work. They don't need him for the regular season, though, whatsoever. If they get him just for the playoffs, that's good enough for them, and that's worth the 5.3 taxpayer mid-level exception to them. The one way we've talked about beating the Warriors, and this is what started the Pelicans down the Twin Towers path here anyway, is you've got to kind of go big and bulky against them. Well, now you also need a center to kind of take them away and beat them that way, too, because they have a guy or it's just it makes them even more of a matchup problem and different things like that. They just kind of eliminated potentially a weakness that they have. So interesting move. You guys want to know a little bit more about how this went down? So, and it, it certainly, it was not quite as been portrayed in the media as in some aspects of it. Definitely give a listen to Locked On Pelicans. I talk about it here, but for the quick version of it here is he had an offer on the table between the end of last season and the start of free agency. It was an extension and it just got reported by Mark Stein that it was two years, 20 million per year. Cousins wanted more, and there's nothing wrong with wanting more. You want to get your value. He thought it was higher. Then all of a sudden, his market dried up on the start of free agency. There was some interest from the Lakers there, certainly. But I think once they signed LeBron and he told them, don't worry, we're being patient here, they kind of eased off of that. And then all of a sudden, Rondo left, which kind of messed the Pelicans' plans up, and that came as a bit of a shock to them. And then Randall became available, and they moved really quickly, getting Julius Randall for the uh, – uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception at the 8.868 million, whatever it is, is a great steal and a great player. They still wanted to bring Cousins back after that, but they took a look around, saw that his market really wasn't there, and came in with a much lower offer than that $20 million. And basically at that point, it sounds like Cousins just said, F- you, and kind of did a spiteful move and signed for even less with the Warriors. And just all I can say to that is his spike game is strong, and if that's what you want to do, I mean, I, I don't really have an issue with it. Yeah, uh, I guess that it's it's amazing to me that he would basically not even just take less money. He he could have probably gotten more money from somebody, or at, at least he could have waited it out and put the word out to the whole league, hey. I'm ready to leave and see what the offers were before he just went and took that. But to say his spite level is strong, I mean, that's that's an understatement because he went immediately to the best team in the West and immediately took basically something. The only less money he could have taken is the biannual or the the veteran minimum. This is basically the least amount of money he could have taken realistically that's a big middle finger to the the Pelicans. He could have just said, give me one year at $12 million and sulked his way through a season and or pulled a Kawhi and not played at all, just got that money. Wouldn't that have been a bigger middle finger? 
to the the Pelicans to just sign for that twelve million and then be like, oh, I'm still not feeling right. Take that twelve million and then bounce at the end of it. But he went to the, the Warriors and the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think we kind of see what happened, and like, you know, knowing the guy doesn't, I don't think surprises most people, and he's a very emotional person, and there's nothing wrong with that, very passionate, and you can see, when the Pelicans didn't come to him on opening night of free agency, there at midnight, wherever he was, probably Vegas, where I think he lives, he he was kind of upset by it, and I think maybe that bridge got burned right then and there, and there was just nothing they could do about it. So now they end up with Randall and Alfred Payton instead of Rondo and Cousins. And I think it's fair to say they actually probably on opening night this coming season have a better team on the court because Alfred uh, Payton and Julius Randall and Randall is going to fit so well, in my opinion, with Anthony Davis. That's better than Rondo and an injured boogie who's not playing. So in the short term, I think this team actually has upgraded for towards the playoffs at the end of next season or after that. Well, then that's maybe a bit of a question because one thing that's big here and kind of looms for the Pelicans is they don't have the bird rights to Julius Randle after this. He's on the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, so it's $17.7 million over two years, but the second year is a team option. He's going to likely opt out, let's be honest. If he plays well, he's opting out and hitting the market next year, and depending on what the Pelicans cap situation then, it could be tough to re-sign him. But that's a bridge for another day and a topic for another day. And we don't need to get too depressing here because I had a heck of a day yesterday. Let me ask you this, and then I'll tell you mine. What was your just – when you saw the news break on Twitter, I forget who broke it, what was just like your immediate in-the-moment reaction? My my first reaction, I saw Shams tweet it, and my first reaction was somebody hacked him. I literally said <laughs> somebody somebody hacked his Twitter account and and – somehow tweeted this out because it made such little sense to me that he would do that. It just, I couldn't, I absolutely did not see that coming of all the scenarios. It it was the absolute last thing I could have come up with. Like the joke I would have made to say, "Uh, maybe you take like a mid level to go to, to the warriors, which I don't know that. So that literally my first tweet was Shams Shams got hacked. Didn't he? I think that's a reasonable reaction. So I've been overwhelmed by the Rondo news, which kind of broke right as I was leaving my real full-time job, got home. Then all of a sudden the Randall news breaks and I'm overwhelmed with my phone just blowing up from people texting me, friends wanting to know what's going on, trying to catch up on this, texting people to find out how much these salaries are and everything like that. And then all of it, like my girlfriend had to leave the room because I just could not focus on anything other than my phone and computer in that moment. (laughs) And she goes upstairs and then all of a sudden she just hears me laughing like, like maniacally, like I am the Joker or something like that, because that was my initial reaction. I couldn't believe it, and I don't know if I just started laughing as a defense mechanism, but I laughed for about 10 minutes straight, and she had to come down and check on me to make sure that I was okay. That's the like the weird state I was in when this broke. That's hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, so they basically <laughs> broke your brain. Yeah, I was, I was like done. I was ready to go in like one of those sensory deprivation chambers for a little (laughs) bit. And I'm just trying to be like, I I didn't know what to do. Like, I think that was kind of the reaction a lot of people might have had where it's just like, what the hell? And then you start to see it and then it kind of makes more sense. And now we're talking about it here and I'm taking a breath. You know, it's a nice Wednesday. We got a holiday today. So like, cool. I'm not going to worry too much about it anymore. Yeah. So now 
let me just, I, I want to finish this segment up with a, a little, a little bit of a rant. If, if I may, uh, the NBA is not ruined. It wasn't ruined when they signed Kevin Durant. It's certainly not ruined now there, for uh, multiple reasons. First of all, it may not work. Like I said before, cousins for everybody on every podcast has talked about it. He's a big man with a torn Achilles. We know that at that point, no one really recovers from this right away. It's, it's a very difficult injury and he is a bit of a jerk, uh, to other people, something not, you know, he, he's very charitable and all that other stuff, but as a teammate, uh, we've heard the stories. We've seen him, how he acts on the court. I, I don't know how he and Draymond Green will interact, but even if it works out, even if it goes great, even if the, he, he comes back and is the best case scenario, NBA still not ruined to me. I, I am perfectly willing to go into next season with them as the projected champions and every other team reaching for, for them and enjoying basically eight months of high quality basketball that's going to give us a ton of amazing storylines and heading into the playoffs and who knows what happens between now and then. Who knows if the acrimony pops up? Who knows if somebody gets hurt? Who knows what? Maybe they are just so blah about the season and they can't flip the switch. There's so many different things that could happen. A mid-season trade that changes the entire dynamic of the season. So the NBA is not only not ruined, I am looking forward to it. It's going to be eight months of amazing basketball because it's full of amazing players with you know a bunch of young guys. Most teams, minus the bottom portion of the league, have a lot to build towards and a lot to look forward to. So I hate seeing people who are like, ah, the league is ruined. NBA's got a problem. I'm done. I think it's such a gross overreaction. The league is fine. I think it's going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah, and you said it really well. Look, you don't need to be a title contending team to really enjoy it or for it to be considered a success. Look at Memphis in the grit and grind era. I don't think anyone would call that anything other than a success. New Orleans here just got to the second round after a first round sweep, and I can't tell you how much fun it was and how much Everyone loved it in this city, even though no one knew or everyone knew they were not going to win an NBA title or beat the Warriors. And you know what? It was okay. We still had a lot of fun. I had great memories of this season. And I saw this on Twitter, which I think kind of sums it up a little bit for me, too. And I don't know who said this or where I saw it. So if this person's listening or if someone wants to send it to me at Nola Jake on Twitter, I will happily retweet it to give that person credit. But basically it said... You know, competitive balance and parity is important if your on-court product is terrible. But the on-court product in the NBA is absolutely phenomenal, and it's still fun, and I'm still going to really enjoy it. Even when the Pelicans had been bad or the Hornets had been bad, and I have personal season tickets too in addition to covering the team, I like going to see the best players in the league play, even if they're going to destroy the team I'm rooting for. I have a story about LeBron James all of a sudden hitting like eight threes in a row against the Pelicans, walking to the end of the corner, pumping up the entire Pelicans arena, and everyone cheered from him, and that was awesome and fun. And the Pelicans got crushed by the heat and no one cared because it was fantastic. So I think there's something to be said for just kind of witnessing greatness. Dunks are fun. Kind of sometimes as simple <laughs> as that too. Um, I, I will, I will end my cherry on top of all of this is it's the league is not ruined when your favorite team is the one doing this. So if, if I, as a Celtics fan, as a, a Pelicans fan, 
if your team is the one that's putting this kind of talent on the floor, no one, no one is sitting there saying, well, boy, our team's really ruining the NBA. No, you're celebrating things like this. If this was the Pacers, if this was the Thunder, if this was the Kings, all of a sudden Kings fans would be like, yes, finally. This is great. This is wonderful. This is what we deserve. This is probably what they'd be screaming. Every team would. Also, look, it's not going to be like this forever. You had the cap spike, which legit threw things out of whack. But eventually, and you're starting to see it this year, the market corrects itself to an extent. I think it might take some time, but we're going to get there eventually. And, you know, these guys do like money, and there's way more cap space next year. So I don't think this is the norm. And eventually, it's just going to kind of be self-corrected. It just takes time. Boy, we have a terrible habit on this podcast, you and I. like to go long. Going long, man. (laughs) Well, okay. The next one, we have our next segment, and it's rumors. So we don't need to spend that much time. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But man, I just love talking about this stuff, and it's awesome. So it it just, I think it's going to be great. Before we get to the rumors, I want to point everyone to lockdownsports.com. Lockdownsports.com basically takes every aspect of the lockdown podcast network and puts it in one place. We have Locked On NBA and every NBA team podcast, like I talked about before. We have Locked On NFL. If you're a fan of the NFL, there's a Locked On NFL for your team. If you like MLB, our MLB side is growing quickly, and it's all on LockedOnSports.com. Everything that we post, everything that we write, every podcast that we do, it's all there. The fantasy stuff, it's all there in one place. So you can get it all and you can kind of pick and choose if you want to do that and it helps point you in the right direction. So go to lockdownsports.com for everything the locked on network has to offer. Okay. The last thing that we'll talk about and we will try, I'll, I'm honestly trying to do this quickly. The rumor, <laughs> the rumor that, uh, Jimmy Butler is just fed up with the, his teammates in, uh, Minnesota, that he is, uh, especially Carl Anthony Towns, that he's not happy with his attitude, that he's not happy with the kind of the blase approach that he seems to have. Uh, I don't know what Carl Anthony Towns' approach really is, but apparently Jimmy Butler, who is an intense guy, a real hard worker, is, if you re- believe the reports out of the Chicago sometimes, he is just not happy with how Things are going in Minnesota. He's specifically unhappy with Carl Anthony Towns, that he does not have the any intentions of signing an extension with Minnesota. But, of course, I will say he shouldn't sign an extension with Minnesota. He should let that play out, and I believe he's got an opt-out, and then sign for more money. It's the same situation that Kyrie Irving is in in Boston. Kyrie's not signing an extension in Boston because he could leave – uh, tens of millions of dollars on the table by signing an extension versus opting out and signing long-term that way. I bring up Kyrie not only because of the comparable contract. Jimmy Butler also said, according to this report, Jimmy Butler wants to play with Kyrie. So since we're talking about super teams, I don't know where hey, these guys would team no, up. Like, it's it's kind of, The first thing I get from this is it's funny that he's not fed up with um, Tibbs and he's fed up with Towns. Though, you know, he, play, he played under Tibbs before, so maybe there is some sense there in all of that, and that's just kind of his guy and how he does things. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, look, he's not going to sign an extension. He's going to opt out. He's under contract basically for $20.5 million next season. Then he's got a, a player option for 19.8 the year after that. That is getting declined. Um, and he's going to hit the free agent market. Maybe he's angling for LA and they're going to try and team up there, something like that. But look, ultimately, I think what most of these guys really want for the most part is to win right now. And I think we're kind of seeing that. And if you don't think you have those pieces around you, man, maybe you just kind of want out to go to a better situation. And it's kind of the, the grass is greener type outlook they're taking to it. So, you know, I'd say there's probably some truth to it. Luckily, the, the Timberwolves are a bit of a year away, but man, think about the trade deadline. If it makes it very clear that he wants out, then things are going to get pretty interesting come February. Absolutely. Now, this could also be some sort of ploy, some sort of negotiation. It could be some way of another team exerting pressure on Minnesota to try to make a deal. Uh, so many different ways that this could be uh, play out, that this could be interpreted. Uh, who knows? I think... Minnesota definitely like there's enough smoke in Minnesota here that they need to figure out what the hell they're doing. Uh, the people have problems with Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, all of these guys. They should be better than they are, and and they're not reaching their maximum potential. I don't know if the move is to get rid of Tibbs. I don't know if that helps or hurts this particular thing, but Minnesota is talented they've got yes you know they've got a lot of young talent there that should do better than it has so something is wrong somewhere and i don't know what it is maybe they end up trading one of these guys maybe they end up trading wiggins and and trying to figure out if they can get somebody else in that can kind of smooth things out and make them good enough where carl uh where uh, uh butler is happy or happier, uh, who knows what the deal is, but something is up in Minnesota, and that, that's really all I'm going to take out of this. Not, I'm, not that I'm going to give a lot of stock to this. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to speculate too much on Kyrie and Butler and somebody else teaming up somewhere to to create another super team somewhere. Who knows? That's. I'm sure that'll rear its ugly head at some point. My only takeaway from this is it's just yet another indication that something is amiss in Minnesota. And that would be a kind of a shame with everything that team has been through. It's prior promise and to have another transcendent type of player like Carl Anthony Towns for it to start to seemingly fall apart. That would be a shame, but something's going on and something has to happen there. Yeah, and this is just going to mean people are kind of swirling around this team all year, which is going to be unfun if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So it's kind of one of those things where maybe it's also just, you know, where there's some smoke, there's fire, but they definitely need to get that sorted out. So I'm going to be curious. You know, they're kind of one of those teams that maybe you feel is going to be the first one to have the players-only meeting next season. I think they can probably get bad odds, I guess, if you're trying to bet on them being the ones doing that. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a bit of a mess, but yeah, they definitely, I'm with you. They need to kind of sort this out. Yeah, and look, in the end, to me, just from the outside, not knowing personally what Carl Anthony Towns is up to or whatever, I still think Carl Anthony Towns is the last man standing. He kind of has to be. That you would, I would rather trade Butler for whatever you can get. I would rather trade Wiggins. I would rather get rid of uh, Tibbs at the end, the absolute last 
ditch scenario is is Carl Anthony Towns. You hold on to him for every last second that you have and and figure the rest out. That to me I think is the priority because look, I'm a big Butler fan, but you can get other guys like that coming up. Carl Anthony Towns is just too unique. They've got to figure that out. Yeah, I'm with you right there. All right, that's the podcast. Yeah, we're close enough. We're close enough. We did well our... here. I, I'm actually like pretty, pretty comfortable with this one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're to, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens if the boss kind of taps his wrist. And says, ah, I mean, ah. yesterday, like yesterday was crazy. There's just crazy. no other too way much. to put it. Too much, too much going on. And look, we are going to give you a little bit of everything. We've got you set up by listening to the show. You've now gotten caught up until something happens in five minutes and renters is obsolete. But for now, this is what we've got, <laughs> um, such is the off season and whatever. So uh, for the next time I will be around, we'll be in Las Vegas Summer League. So we're going to get to see a lot of these guys start to play. The Summer Leagues in Utah and Sacramento are now underway. So these young guys that we were talking about in the draft are, are starting to hit the floor. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're hitting a great time in, in the NBA offseason. So be sure to stick to us. Uh, everywhere here on the Locked On NBA Network. So follow me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John, and you can find my stuff again on uh, Boston.com and RedsArmy.com. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast at Nola Jake on Twitter, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, where you can find my writing and just kind of all around Pelicans insiders, what I've been telling people today. <laughs> That's it. That's what you are. That's who you are, local experts. Hey, subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time. you got to make sure you subscribe. If you are a subscriber, go ahead and give us that five-star rating and give us a good review because that helps us out a lot. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Tell them to be listening to the Locked On NBA Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>